Scary Story Podcast brings original short scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, and experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. Hey, I'm Sapphire. Want to hear something scary? Lady Blanca. The following is inspired by a true story from Hazel. My parents split early in my life when I was around seven years old. Mom got to keep the house and us along with it. My mom blamed the divorce on my grandma. Grandma was from my father's side and she absolutely despised us. We had to take her in as she got older, but she was never grateful. She would claim to feed me and my sister only to leave us hours without food. She was filthy and would make us clean up after her. Worst of all, she constantly chided my father for marrying my mom. She would call us worthless and she would tease me and my sister until we cried. Soon, it was enough for my mom and dad left, thankfully with grandma along with him. A few weeks after the divorce, my sister and I went to our backyard to play tag. It was a hot summer day and our neighborhood was known for having stray cats. A couple of them would come by and lay under our house to seek shade from the powerful sun. Today was one of the hottest yet, but for some reason, no cats came to visit us. My sister and I went to the alley where most of the strays live, only to find the cats hissing in the direction of our house. Me and my sister tried to shrug it off as the weather, but something stopped my sister dead in her tracks. She turned to something peeking out behind the dumpster. She pointed in horror and shouted, Sis, look, look! Oh, the poor thing. I strained my eyes. It looked like a weird red ball. Then I noticed the ears, the nose, and those bloodshot eyes. It was the head of a kitten. Someone had drilled a piece of bark straight through its skull. Its eyes remained permanently fixed in a state of terror. My sister went to pick it up, but I swatted her hand away and we ran straight back to our house. There on the porch, it was the rest of the kitten. Fur crusty with dried blood, missing its head. The chest of the kitten had been opened up and someone had forcefully replaced its intestines with hot, sizzling stones. We ran, screaming in fear, knowing that this was not an accident. A couple days go by, and me and my sister try to distract each other from the gruesome incident by watching TV. We figured it was some thug's idea of a cruel joke, and we were too afraid to get my mom involved. Something jolted us from our show. A cat's painful cry 
from the basement. We ran downstairs as fast as we could to find another red furry clump, unmoving. This one had its heart pulled out of its chest, but those terror-struck eyes from the last kitten were missing. In their place were two red pits. I thought the kittens would be the most of my worries. At least I could distract myself with sleep, or so I thought. Sometimes I would wake up not being able to move. I was paralyzed, and my sister couldn't help me. In fact, she was gone. In her place was a man with sharp red eyes. He would climb onto my chest yelling, I'll now never leave. Eventually I'd lose my breath and then I would wake up. The dreams were frequent. I couldn't handle them anymore. I had to tell my mom. I woke up and walked over to her room, but she was crying. She told me she can't find anyone to buy our small house and no apartment in the area will accept us. She apologized for making us feel trapped. I shook my head and tried to reassure her. She asked me why I was up so late. I finally broke down, explaining the kittens my sister and I found outside, and also about the scary man from my dreams. My mom's face changed into a look of concern. This wasn't coincidental. This was the work of black magic. Black magic is when one sells their soul to the devil to inherit the ability to curse people. Mom went into the other room and called someone who went by the name of Lady Blanca. A half hour later, a woman showed up to our house. Her outfit was strange and a bit creepy, and her fearful expression scared me even more. If she's the black magic expert, what in our house could possibly be scaring her? Listen to me carefully. Whatever is in this house can kill you. She walked around the house. I feel the presence of a demon. He takes the shape of a man with red eyes. I told her that I always see him in my room during my nightmares. She nodded and ran to my room yelling, You must leave this family alone. She flipped over my bed shouting, I see it! I see it! Confused, we all looked at each other. She then started to jump on my floorboards yelling, I need a hammer, something to lift the board, hurry! My mom ran and gave her a hammer. She banged on the floor until the board popped up. Inside was a plain white box with Latin written on it. Lady Blanca read the Latin out loud. Death. She opened the box and we crowded around to see what was inside. Bundled up in the bottom were the bones of a cat. These cat bones are a curse. Someone sacrificed this mother and her newborn kittens in order to invite that demon into your home. I will take them with me. Lady Blanca left the house with the box. The next morning, my mother received a call. It was one of the apartment managers she applied to. It seems there was a mix-up with applications. I'm happy to inform you that we are going to take you and your family in. You can pick up your keys next Monday. I'm very sorry about the inconvenience, ma'am. Lady Blanca called a week after we got situated in our new apartment. Mom put her on speaker so we could hear that the disposal was a success and there would be no more demons haunting us. Lady Blanca, how could this have happened in the first place? Who would curse us? Someone must have lived in that house previously. They must have had a comfortable life, having others take care of them, loading their issues onto other people in the house. However, this was not a good person. Whenever they left, they cursed the building to bring bad luck to anyone who lived there. My mother froze and stared at us. 
I shared her look of shock and fear. The last person to leave this house was grandma. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. This story comes from Adi in India, who spent a summer with their family at the Grand Canyon and witnessed something truly unexplainable. I was seven when I went to the Grand Canyon to spend my summer holidays with my parents and my baby brother. The drive was long, and I was relieved when we finally reached our cabin, our home for a week. The cabin was clean and tidy, but everything in it was very old and worn. It didn't seem like anyone spent much time here, other than to clean it. While we were getting ready for bed, we heard strange thumping noises on the roof. My parents thought it might be some sort of animal, but... What kind of animal would be making that noise? My dad was getting super annoyed and went up to the roof to see what was going on. My mom stayed at the bottom of the ladder with my baby brother while I climbed up. What I saw there still haunts me. There were baby clothes scattered all over the roof, torn and soaked in blood. The wind was blowing heavily, which caused one of the tiny shirts to fly off and land in a nearby tree. We followed it with our eyes and saw even more baby clothes strewn about the branches. How had we not noticed these when we arrived? Maybe it was the loud wind howling, but we could have sworn we heard a baby wailing and a woman crying and begging, Give her to me. We went back down into the living room to find my baby brother's diapers and baby clothes everywhere. My family was so confused. What the hell was going on? Was somebody messing with us? My dad immediately called the caretaker and told him about what had happened. Within a few minutes, he arrived at the cabin, apologizing profusely. This is what he told us. There was a newlywed couple who used to live here. The wife gave birth to their daughter in the living room. The doula took the baby and told the mother that she couldn't see her daughter just yet. She locked the mother in her bedroom, and every day she would cry out, Let me see her. I just want to see her. After a week, the doula finally broke the news to her that her daughter was a stillborn. The mother was infuriated and took all of the unused baby clothes and diapers up onto the roof where she took her life. The caretaker said that the only guests who had ever complained about experiencing something like this before are those with newborn babies. They would hear her voice at night from the roof, crying out for her daughter, begging to hold her. 
just once. Oof, that was a heavy one. Thanks for sharing that with us, Adi. Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. This next story comes from Krizan in the Philippines. Shout out to the Philippines. This is about her experience competing in a beauty pageant. I personally think pageants are pretty scary, but for completely different reasons. Last year, I got into a pageant at our school. It was my first time being accepted, and I was so excited to finally compete. I practiced walking in my high heels every day, I had my parents prep me for the question and answer segment, and I rehearsed the song I would sing for the talent portion. I was ready. But the week before the event, I started feeling a bit nauseous. My head would start throbbing randomly, and my stomach would cramp. I could not afford to get sick. So I told myself that this type of thing usually happened to me when I was really nervous for a performance or something, so I just drank a lot of fluids and got a lot of rest. The night before the pageant, though, my temperature skyrocketed, and my parents took me to the doctor to get some medicine. I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to compete the next day, but the doctor said that with a good night's sleep, I should be okay. That night, I downed my medicine and went to bed. I was hoping the medication would have knocked me out, but I ended up having the most vivid nightmare. I was sitting up in my bed, and a tall shadow figure was sitting next to me. It was taunting me. You're going to embarrass yourself out there tomorrow. You should quit. When I woke up the next morning, my fever was gone. And so was my headache and my stomach pains. I was cured. I was going to slay at this pageant. But as I was gathering all my things to head to the auditorium, the shadow man from my dream kept playing in my head. I got to the school, and the other contestants were already in hair and makeup. As my makeup artist began working on my face, I felt a sharp pain in my forehead. I told him to stop, but the pain was still there. The pain quickly began to spread. I started panicking and gasping for air. My makeup artist grabbed a bottle of water, held his hand over it, and mumbled something I couldn't hear, and told me to drink it. I immediately felt better. I asked him what he did to the bottle. I've been working pageants for years, he said, and I've seen this happen a lot. I'm willing to bet money that someone here did Kulam on you. Kulam is black magic. And apparently, it was incredibly common for contestants to curse their competitors before a pageant. I couldn't believe it. I looked around at the room. Who would do this to me? I walked on stage for the first round with a huge smile on my face. But the moment I came backstage, the pain flooded back tenfold. My makeup artist handed me the water again, but I couldn't open my mouth. It was like it was sealed shut. My jaw was frozen in place. The stage manager entered the room and shouted, Question and answer segment is next. Everyone get ready. How was I going to answer questions if I couldn't open my mouth? My makeup artist called over his friend, told him the situation, and they both placed their hands on me and started chanting. I had no idea what was going on, but I trusted them. 
After about 30 seconds of chanting, my mouth unclenched. I could talk. I had no time to think about what had just happened, and I went on stage for the next portion. I nailed it. And I ended up placing second in the pageant, despite everything that was going against me. I never did find out who tried to curse me. Maybe it was the girl who won first place. Or maybe everything was actually all in my head. But I do know that not even black magic could stop me from being a winner. I love that attitude, Krizan. And I hope whoever put that curse on you is dead. Just kidding. Not really. Even if it was all in your head, it was still a creepy experience. Speaking of imagining things, our next story comes from Ariana, who tried to convince her parents that the monster in her room was not her imagination. I have had many instances in my life where something weird has happened to me. Usually it's just coincidences, normal things happening to spook me and creep me out. But one instance felt very, very real. When I was about eight, I heard my mother and father watching some strange horror movie late one night. I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies, so I hid behind the couch. It was a foreign language film, so I couldn't understand, and also, being eight, I was honestly too lazy to read the subtitles. Still, I tried to stick around and watch. I watched the TV through a crack in the couch. I could see someone going through a wall and stabbing a sleeping lady with a knife. As the knife came down and went into the woman's chest, I screamed. Oops, shouldn't have done that. My parents both jumped up and spun around. My parents glared down at me for having snuck up on them and for having broken the rules by watching a scary movie. My dad was furious and sent me to my room, while my mom was worried I'd already seen too much of it to give me nightmares. My dad rolled his eyes and told her that I would be fine. They followed me upstairs and tucked me into bed. They left the room, annoyed, so annoyed that they forgot to turn on the nightlight. They closed the door. Now I was stuck in the darkness. I didn't like the dark, and still don't, so sleeping was the last thing I wanted to do. But I finally managed to get some rest by thinking about that weird movie. I guess a few hours passed when I finally woke up. I sighed. Still dark. I turned my head, and then I felt it. I could feel the air leave the room. I was being watched. I just knew it. Suddenly, my breaths became more shallow, more desperate. I was losing air. I gasped and heaved, but something was draining the air right from my lungs. I started to freak out and thrashed around in my bed. My stupid parents tucked me in so hard the covers felt like a trap. I wriggled around, going under and out the other side of my bed. As I fell to the floor, I heard a weird breathing. I knew it was not my own. I turned my head and saw him. It was that same strange shadowy figure from the movie. Half his torso was sticking out the wall, sucking up all the air inside. Soon his other hand emerged from the wall, and in it was a large butcher's knife from downstairs. I tried to scream, but all the air was gone from my body, so I forced myself up and slammed into the door. I weakly rose up my arm and turned the handle. I tumbled out of my room and into the hallway. I inhaled heavily as air finally returned to my lungs. Oh, thank God. But then I remembered the monster. I couldn't leave it alone, so I turned around. It was out of the wall now and making its way towards me. I screamed and flipped on the nightlight. As I did, 
the shadowy figure fizzled away. He was gone. I smiled, thinking it was over. But then my nightlight flickered and suddenly died. He was back again, and this time right on top of me. I quickly grabbed the door and slammed it closed. But that didn't stop him. His shadowy hand with the knife just passed through the wall. Terrified, I knew what I had to do. I started screaming and running around the house, turning on every light I could find. Finally, I made it downstairs and turned on the light in the living room. Apparently, my parents fell asleep during the movie, but my screaming woke them right up. I was in hysterics in this moment, talking about how the shadow creature was going to kill me. My mom started arguing with my dad about how she was right, and my dad didn't want to hear any of it. He was very angry and took my arm. He led me upstairs, turning off every light he came across, telling me monsters weren't real. He took me into my room and put me back in bed. I pleaded with him, explaining how we needed all the lights on or else it'll come out and kill us with the butcher's knife. He sighed and told me I could have my nightlight on when I slept. I was annoyed now, telling him that stupid thing won't work. It's too weak to destroy the shadow figure. My dad shook his head, having no idea what to do. But then my mom thought of something. She left the room and came back with a large, powerful flashlight. She told me, If you ever see any monsters, shine this at them and they'll go away forever. My mom then winked at my dad and they tucked me back in, leaving me in the darkness again to fall asleep. That thing was going to come back and cut me up. I looked around and waited for it to come. And then I felt it. The air leaving the room like someone was draining my lungs. I flicked on the powerful light and shined it around the room. Where was it? I couldn't see it anywhere. Suddenly, I felt two massive hands gripping my shoulders. Something was behind me, closing in on my neck. It was right behind me. I didn't dare look. But I knew what I had to do. I turned on the light and shined it at myself. I heard a low scream as the light hit the shadowy figure. I could feel him dissolving around me, the air returning to my lungs. The pressure on my shoulders was gone, and I heard something fall to the floor. Soon, silence. Nothing was happening. I looked around but couldn't find anything. I breathed a sigh of relief with my new air supply. I did it. I had defeated the monster. I turned over in the bed to put the flashlight on the floor, but something caught my eye. A shimmer in the darkness. I peered down and picked it up. It was the large butcher's knife we kept in the kitchen. Ever since then, my parents would joke about that night where the weird foreign movie scared me, about how I ran around the house screaming bloody murder and turning on all the lights. They always told me it was just in my head. But they could never explain one thing. How did that butcher's knife get beside my bed? Thank you so much for sharing that story with us, Ariana. My parents also gave me a hard time when I was little because I was convinced that one of our rooms was haunted because my mom had this E.T. statue that was carved out of a coconut and it was creepy as hell and a part of me wishes something had actually happened just so I could say I was right to be scared of it. Parents, believe your kids or at least respect their fears. The world is scary when you're small and when you tell them that they're just being imaginative, there may come a time when it's not their imagination and they won't know who to turn to. Luckily, the parents in our next story were able to come around. This one comes from Reagan, a very appropriately spooky name. 
When I was younger, my family moved into this house. This house looked pretty normal from the outside, but whenever I stepped foot inside, chills ran down my spine. My room was on the second floor on the left. I remember the agent showing us the house, saying, Oh, that room on the left? A little girl died in that room. I thought he was joking with my parents as they both laughed when he mentioned it, and he winked at me. But I couldn't understand it then. His comments stuck with me, so of course I never stayed in that room, even after my parents designated it as mine. They told me there was nothing to be afraid of, that the agent was just joking around, but I didn't believe them. So every night I would sleep on the couch down in the living room. One night I woke up from a horrible nightmare. I saw a man and two little girls. Both of the girls seemed to be eight years old. None of them looked normal. The two girls had these demonic eyes, and their dresses were covered with blood. As they stared at me, they smiled, revealing rows and rows of sharp, pointed teeth. The man also had the same eyes and teeth, although his presence felt more ferocious and violent. I stood there for what felt like hours in my dream. They stood right down the hall from that room, the one the agent joked about, and they just stared right back at me laughing, just like my parents. Finally, one of the girls reached her hand out and said, Come inside. There's nothing to be afraid of. As she said this, her clothes turned back to normal. Her sharp teeth disappeared, and the man behind them was gone. She seemed so sincere. So I walked forward and grabbed her hand. The man reappeared behind me, laughing maniacally. The room turned to flames, and the girl's teeth grew back into sharp fangs. She leaned over quickly and sunk her teeth into my artery, spilling blood all upon her clean white dress. I screamed in pain, and then that's when I woke up. For a few days, everything was normal. I stopped having nightmares. I told my family about them, and they just rolled their eyes, thinking I'd been watching too many scary movies. They said they didn't want me sleeping on the couch anymore, so they forced me to sleep in that room. I didn't want to, but my parents wouldn't take no for an answer. So I began transferring my clothes into the room's closet, which had a window next to it. I had passed by the window so many times, I decided to peek my head out of it. And then I saw the girl from my nightmare. She looked normal, like when she lured me near the room. I watched her reach out her arm, just like in my nightmare. I was angry that this thing was still haunting me, so I decided I'd try to face my fears and shoo it away. Maybe it was all in my head. I raced downstairs, past my parents, and walked outside to the girl, only to catch her walking into the woods right by our house. I decided I had to know what she wanted, so I grabbed my baseball bat and followed her inside. The woods were creepy, even during the day. The heavy thicket of leaves covered the inside of the woods, making it really dark. I followed her until I reached a clearing. In the middle, there was a well. No sign of the girl. I puffed out my chest and walked toward it. I put the baseball bat down on the floor, rose up my body, and peered down the dark well. Darkness. It was pitch black. And then a red dot appeared. A second dot right beside it. I realized these weren't dots. They were eyes. A massive arm shot out of the darkness and the figure started pulling itself out of the well. It was the man from my nightmare. I screamed and turned around, blocking the path where the two girls from my dream dressed in their bloody dresses and grinning. 
They started advancing on me. I quickly picked up the bat and swung it at the girl's head. She caught it in her mouth and took a chunk right out of it. I managed to push her down as the man finally climbed out of the well. He cocked back his head and roared into the skies. Come inside! I sprinted, away from those things, with a bat in my hand. I ran and ran, hearing them chasing after me until I found an opening in the woods. The path back to my house. I ran into the light and finally arrived at my porch, breathing hard and still clutching the bat. I turned back around. Nothing was following me. I breathed a sigh of relief and went inside. What I was surprised to find was my parents sitting on the couch in the living room. They were shivering. They seemed to be afraid of something. I asked what was up. They looked at me, terrified, and said that they went into that room to see how things were coming along. And inside they saw two little girls dressed in bloody rags with sharp teeth. They asked if I could come out to play with them. Both my parents told me they ran out of the room, slammed the door, and waited for me to come back. They asked me if I ran into any scary girls with sharp fangs. So I showed them my baseball bat. We moved out shortly after that. It's always very satisfying in these kinds of stories when the parents finally believe their kids. And Reagan, I'm glad you and your family got out of that house in one piece. If you'd like to submit a story, send an email to somethingscary@snarled.com. This podcast is also available in video form at youtube.com/snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams.